back. Again, I'm Tammy from Tea with Tammy, but this time joining me is Tyler T, host of Talk to Me Tyler T podcast show. Tyler, are you on the line with me? Yes, I am here. What's going on, y'all? Yes, I'm so happy to have you with me today and appreciative for you spending time with me on this beautiful Sunday. I won't keep you hostage too long. I know sometimes talking about uh, (laughs) ratchet news on the timeline can get uh, tiresome. So thank you for bearing (laughs) with me today. (laughs) No problem. problem. I know you have your own podcast show. Is Talk to Me Tyler T still up and going? Did you want to plug anything about your show or about your ventures before we jump into the shenanigans? Yes, Talk to Me Tyler T is still going. I haven't recorded an episode since I believe it was early January, and that episode got lost in the sauce. So I have to re record, which I hate. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. so that. I haven't posted an actual episode since like December, early December, because I've been so busy with my own ventures, uh, with personal training, because, you know, I just like quit my job and I'm uh, going full full throttle on my own personal training business. So I've been doing that and just trying to stay afloat. So the podcast has kind of got put on the back burner, but I'm starting to trying to get it back up. Okay. And no worries on that. Don't have to apologize for, you know, seeking a different venture or seeking a different money stream. And so congratulations for being able to quit your job and do your personal training full time. So congratulations on that, because I know that can sometimes be um, a, you know, a heavy decision to make. And so congrats for that bravery. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been pretty tough. I've only been in it for like a week. So uh, I'm, I'm still trying to adjust, still trying to see how I want to do things, get, get pricing figured out and stuff like that, get clients. So, yes, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's tough, but I'm, I'm right where I, I need to be, I feel like. Okay, and that is a perfect transition to the first topic that I want to discuss. So take this either as something to stay away from or a tip for your new business venture of being a personal trainer. So there's this thing out there where people are charging others on social media sites for them to have exclusive access to them. For example, on Instagram, there is a such thing as close friends on your IG story, where if you post on your close friends, only those individuals can see what you have posted. And some people are now charging to enter in that pool of close friends. For example, B. Simone. B. Simone Mm -hmm. went full in marketing that she is now charging. I don't know. I'm going to make up a number, maybe $10 to be in her close friends. So you can get exclusive, you know, affirmation, motivation, tips of whatever she's, (laughs) she's dishing out at you. But I wanted to get your opinion on what is your thoughts of charging for close friends? And is that is something that you would apply to your business venture? Um, honestly, I feel like that's kind of, it's making Instagram like OnlyFans essentially because that's exactly what OnlyFans is. I'm charging you for this content and you don't really know what the content is. I could be showing my naked ass or I could be, you know, giving you tips on how to do lashes or how to squat or how to play video games or do a podcast or whatever. You really just don't know. And um, I don't think it's a bad 
marketing idea to, you know, get yourself out there. But I don't think it's something that I would do uh, just because I don't feel like I need to do something like that. Like I want to I don't think I don't think I'm that exclusive, you know what I'm saying, to where people are like, oh, let me let me go pay, let me go pay to see what he puts in his close friends. Like my shit ain't all that, you know what I'm saying? Like it's cool, but it ain't just over the top. So, uh, and I actually heard about B Simone doing that. Um, it was on the Rory and Mal podcast because uh, Mal was like, Mal was like, oh, I listened. To, he was like, I'm in B Simone's close friends, and she. Uh, you know, she she has an exclusive close friends, but like I didn't pay to be in her close friends. But she went to I guess she just went to Mexico recently uh, and <laughs> she was doing all that. So I, I was like he was like, I felt like I was there. I was like, OK, but not nah, that. That ain't something that's uh, <laughs> that ain't something that I would uh, I would participate in. Right. You definitely mentioned a key piece to my opinion on it all is are you exclusive enough for people to want to pay for the service? So that's where things start getting corny or getting a little, I don't know, just weird on the optics. Of course, who am I to judge the next person for whatever service they're trying to market and sell? But if you have nothing exclusive enough for me to want to be in this close friends or this close knit society to paying extra, then I'm going to give you the side eye. And that's what a lot of people, unfortunately, were doing for B. Simone because she's already had her troubles in the media and, you know, the previous year of a plagiarism of that flip book that she put together that a lot of people came out and said was just a coloring book and a fill-in book. And it wasn't much of, of substance. And so now that she's coming back with a new hustle, people are like, well, if what we know of you now is not to be truth and to be stealing content, why am I paying money to get access to this stolen content (laughs) and so it kind of backfired when it came to her name boo tomato 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 i'm throwing tomatoes (laughs) yeah Yeah. but yes your your assessment is definitely correct it it feels like only fans but is that smart for instagram to take that route to like allow people to charge for things like that no because I feel like I've posted some stuff on Instagram and Instagram has flagged my my story post for uh, what they what they were. And I'm like, y'all already, you know, this is supposed to be a a family site or, you know, a site for I guess let's let's go PG thirteen. Um so when you have the OnlyFans workers, which there's several on Instagram and they're posting Cause I I see some I, I the people I follow are on OnlyFans and I'm like okay y'all y'all letting them post they whole ass they they whole ass on on Instagram but when I post a, a meme or something like it's like oh we're gonna we're gonna take this down and if you post something like this again we're gonna delete your account or something like that I'm like bro what like make up y'all mind why are y'all picking on me. Exactly. Like we're entering scary times when it comes to restrictions, but also scary times because everything is to be bought and sold. And so I feel like every new social networking site that will be created moving forward will have to have some type of monetary like consumption factor to it. Like we all are expecting to make money off of, you know, our tweets, our posts. And I'm looking at people like, do you deserve to make money off of your tweets and posts, though? I don't know. Is that a hater thing to say? No, not at all. Because you see Twitter now has like the upgraded Twitter account to where you can uh, 
it's called Twitter Blue, I'm guessing, and where you can like mm-hmm. upgrade your content and get news without the noise and you know, customize your experience for two ninety nine a month. Which isn't a bad which isn't bad. Three dollars a month. But if you have eighty million people paying three three dollars a month, then it's like, well damn, you you're making a killing. <sighs> Man, uh, society is getting a little weird, but hey, I'm it's, trying it's to nasty. adapt. It's nasty out here. <laughs> it is Fact. nasty out Fact. here, for lack of a better term. Now, let me play devil's advocate when it comes to society. We say society is getting nasty because everything is to be bought and sold and everything is money centered. But then, you know, I go to my timeline and I see individuals spelling out phrases with with hundred dollar bills. And so my question to you, (laughs) my question to you is one, where did this start? Was it young boy who started this trend? And two, is this something that you subscribe to? Do you do you see yourself going to the bank and and withdrawing so you can then spell out tea with Tammy on the floor with your hundred dollar bills? <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I want everybody to listen, not just you. My whole thing is I've never been a young. Yes, yeah, young boy started the challenge. Which okay, young boy is exactly what his name says. He's a young boy, so uh, he doesn't he doesn't know it's any expected. better. Yes, this is expected of him. He doesn't know any better. Secondly, I've never been a flashy person to flaunt my bread, to flaunt my earnings. Like, oh, I made this money. I got this. I got that. You ain't going to know if I'm rich or if I'm poor. Uh, and I don't. And if I'm rich, I don't need to show you I'm rich by holding up money on, on a computer screen or via social media website to let you know that I have money. If I'm poor... I'm not going to be out here like, oh, I'm broke. I ain't got shit because poor is a mindset and rich is a mindset as well. Obviously, money money is important. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to be out here spilling those. Oh, talk to me, Tyler T. Train to the T with $100 bills, $1 bills, whatever. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do people not know that niggas rob niggas? Exactly my and, point and in are, bringing this up. We put our business on social media and why me personally only put out there what I want people to know, but other people, they put, you got, they got, they got their house in the background, their streets in the background. If somebody want to find you, they can find you. What, like what, what is is y'all's motive? Right. Right. And it's not even just celebrities. Yeah. It's not even just celebrities. It's normal civilians. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what this reminds me of? It's back when people were doing the money phone. Future posted himself talking into a stack of of hundreds. And, you know, Jay-Z had to step out and say, you know, if you have to flaunt it, you, you know, you really probably don't have it. And, you know, a lot of people didn't didn't take to that criticism. So you're you're more so on the on the Jay-Z side of saying that you shouldn't flaunt whatever you have. And most likely if you're flaunting it, you're one, you're ignorantly doing it because you're putting yourself at risk, or two, you're overcompensating for something that you you don't have. Exactly. Because like you said, what's what's the end goal here? You showing you showing me this and you okay, you got a little corny message or the message might be funny, but still, a nigga could come to your house, kick down your dough, and all that money that you're showing, he could take it from you, and then 
leave you there scared to death or dead or shot or what what have you and now what right it's a scary situation that you're putting yourself in and it's like clockwork because these artists they come out they get flashy they stun on us and then they go away and then they tell us that their label never paid them that they've been broke all this time and that they they really are bankrupt and so i'm just like you're setting yourself up for failure because i'm not going to feel sorry for you in five years when you reveal to us that you really were broke during this time and that was an advancement check that you were spelling out your name with (laughs) And that's how most labels are. They give you, oh, we'll give you $2 million up front and you have to pay it back in album sales and concerts and whatever. And then, yeah, you got a chain. You may have a house. But after, like you said, not even five years, maybe like two or three, you can't do Because rappers these days don't last that long in the game. So now you, you ass out because you was being super flashy, showing all this money and looking, looking rich and being rich is two different things. Two completely different things. Here's another dangerous situation when it comes to artists that I want to speak to you about and get your opinion. So there's this thing where artists weaponize their audience so they can then get what they want it's it's a weird tactic of manipulation that they use their fans to then attack a source so they can get the outcome that they want so for example Kanye West Kanye West was not invited to one of his child's birthday party I think it was Chicago Mm -hmm. and he had to get on the internet and call out Kim and say that, you know, she, she is, um, being a, a, you know, a bad mother essentially and keeping his kids away from him and how dare she. And what he is doing indirectly is taking his stands and his hardcore fans and getting them riled up. And of course it's going to be fuck Kim. It's going to be a viral moment and it's going to be something trending on the timeline. I want to get your opinion. Oh, I, I, I hear the notifications coming in. You're bawling. <laughs> you, you might want to silence them. <laughs> but I, I wanted to get your opinion when it comes to Kanye West. You like going online and dissing his the mother of his child just so he can then get the outcome that he wants. Is is that fair for him to do? No. I don't think so because I think that's something that should be kept in private um, because this is the mother of your child. And even though that you, even though you guys are super duper celebrities or whatever, um, there are certain things that just kind of need to be kept in private, essentially. Um, now we're all human, right? And we all have things that we complain about on the internet. And so, for example, me, I went through a drive through didn't get the burger that I wanted. I immediately get on Twitter at Whataburger, at McDonald's, whatever, and let them know of my experience. And whoever is following me is either going to chime in in the comments, retweet it, like it, so it can get the exposure that it needs so I can get the right burger next time. Now, me, mm-hmm. I'm not a celebrity. Kanye West is, and he essentially did the same thing, but on a bigger scale. Now, is it still unfair for him to get online and do that? Or is it just him being human, like we all are, complaining about things that we don't like? 
that's a good question, and I feel like that's a very good point. Uh, I feel like he has a cult following, so people are going to see that, and they're going to gravitate towards that, and you know, a bunch of people out here are super big Kanye fans, so they're going to see, they're and they're supporters of him, so they're going to be like, oh, Kim is doing this. I don't even like Kim. I love I love Kanye. I'm on Kanye's side, regardless if Kanye is right or wrong, because they're sticking they're sticking beside him. So I feel like he should go about things just a little differently, especially with being at his big age, with being an adult. Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't really have to do things like that. There there's better ways to do things than what he did. Because we don't know what's yes. going on between what what's going on between them. We just know what he says or we just know what Kim says. But we're not physically there witnessing each and everything that they're going through. So who are we to judge? And I feel like as people, sometimes we get so caught up in celebrities' lives. And it's like, bro, you don't even know these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could be the worst person ever, but they just showing you a side of them that you like to see. So it's like, oh, damn, well. I got to rock with Kanye because he showed me that he's this. And Kim has showed me that th- that they're this. I've seen her show. I've seen what she does. Like, no way. But it's like, bro, this this person doesn't know you. If this person walked past you and on the street, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even look your way. Right. Exactly. I completely agree. Like, we as consumers or fans or stands, whatever you want to call yourselves to whatever artist that you're following, we don't know the full story. We don't know the full background. We don't know these people. And so when they get on the internet and get mad and you want to ride for them because you want to be a ride or die fan, just of course, take whatever they're saying with not a grain, but a cup of salt, because you're, you're still in the dark about the bigger picture. And so for example, you know, like this weaponizing of audiences isn't new. Just a few years ago, Lizzo, I believe, lost a lawsuit because she got mad at her Uber Eats driver who messed up her order, didn't deliver her food. And so she went on a rant online and posted the Uber Eats name and phone number, all because she didn't get her order right. Of course, Lizzo's fans attacked that person and that person sued and won. And so there's some dangers to that. Like, I guess the point of bringing this up is be aware of your following, because even if you're not as big as Ye or Lizzo, there is some following that you may have and there may be some influence that you have and you may be indirectly telling other people what to do without you even saying it. Exactly. Um, and I didn't even know about, <clears throat> excuse me, about the whole Lizzo thing. I remember seeing like that, um, that in the, so- in social media, but I didn't know that, that the girl actually, the Uber, Uber East driver actually sued her. And right. Yeah. Cause she put out her personal information and she was being harassed by a fan base. And so it, it got real scary real quick just because Lizzo was mad. And I, I, was embarrassed for for Lizzo because I'm like, damn girl, you really didn't have to do all that for an Uber Eats meal. But I do it all the time, and I'm not a celebrity though, so it's looked yeah. at differently. Yeah. And so it, it's just a funny, funny way to look at things because I think it is not fair for you know Kanye West to get online and do these things because there's a responsibility, unfortunately, attached to being a celebrity. But as we want to all be influencers and have a big following on the internet, you're then signing up to say, yeah, you might too then be, you know, 
signing up for a fan base that you can weaponize. Very true. Very scary. But moving on and transitioning to another topic, I want to talk about this new song that just dropped. It is called Lick. Have you heard it? (laughs) I have not heard it. um, And I didn't listen to it because what I was seeing reviews about it. And I was just like, okay, they said it's just simply just like WAP. Yep. And that seems to be the consensus across the board. Lick is a song, if you're listening and you're not familiar, by Shen Um, I think I'm pronouncing her her name right, Shen Shia. Um, but it's featuring Meg the, the Stallion. And so lots of ass, lots of titties, lots of choreo um, here and there. And it's just them two. And so it's giving a lot of WAP vibes, like the WAP music video. But here's the thing about WAP. WAP was a better song and a better music video, and you can tell had a way better budget. And so (laughs) I want to ask you, is this a good look for Meg? Like, does this hurt Meg in any way? Or is this just another, you know, another feature for Meg that we can just move on from? Uh, No, I don't think that this is another feature that we can just move on from because here lately, uh, I don't know how everybody else is feeling. I don't know how you are feeling, but I feel like Meg has kind of descended in a way, uh, kind of mm, went down. Speak on from, it. What do you mean? From what, from what she was, she was producing what she was coming out with to what she's doing at this very moment. Cause looking back at her, at her, uh, at her catalog, it's just like, cause I, w- I was a big, I was a big Meg fan in college, uh, listening to Tina Snow, to Fever, to um, Good News didn't really do it for me. I ain't gonna lie. It was, I thought that was going to be the one and it wasn't the one. And then something for the hotties was, something for the hotties was cool, but it was like, this is it, just not giving it's not giving the Meg that when she first popped on the scene with the freestyle and just the, the gutter and the fierceness and just everything uh, just full force. And I'm like, it's, this is not giving it's not giving that anymore. So uh, and then with WAP, I feel like WAP was a great song, um, but I, I just feel like it didn't get the it didn't get the push or the publicity that I, I think it deserved. Um, and so it just kind of like went to the wayside like we still listen to it or whatever but it's not like that hit song that i thought it was gonna be and here with lick i don't even know who the artist so i don't even know who this artist is that she's uh whose song that she's on i've never even heard of her until she came out with the song lick so it was just like damn uh i I feel like meg is kind of going backwards and i don't think it's her fault i think it's kind of like her team's fault too, because uh, she has all the she has all the marketing, all the uh, all the ads, you know, all the sponsorships. It's just kind of like her production, like her producing, is just not where I feel like it could be. And I completely agree. I feel like I'm in a weird spot because I don't know if you see these tweets online or just like post in general where people are like if you're not a Meg fan there's a bigger issue at hand or if you don't support Meg the Stallion you're not a supporter of black women where they're like kind of guilt tripping you into being a fan of hers and at this point it's no longer working like I'm a supporter of black women if 
Tori did what he did, I of course am in the in standing beside her in that. But until that is proven, you know, that is still up in the air. And I'm I'm just not gonna be forced to like something that I know that is not for me or in my opinion is not good. And this is one of them. Like this Sean Shea featuring Meg the Stallion song is not good. Now I will say Meg has found a groove with her rapping. Like when I hear her rap, like it's effortlessly versus like when it first started, I felt like it was very repetitive. I was getting the same flow. And so I'm hearing the creativity in her rapping, but as for the hunger and the drive, like you were describing that early on energy that she was giving, I definitely feel that decline as well. I don't know if it's because of what's going on in the media of like her personal life mixed with the trial, mixed with like the optics of opinions on whose side to take and all the drama that's in her life behind the scenes. But when it comes to the music, it's starting to feel like a one trick pony. And I know what people say online, like men can do it. Men can rap about the same thing all the time. They rap about killing people and, you know, bitches all the time. So if Meg wants to rap about twerking and shaking her ass, she gets to do that. And that's true. She's a grown ass woman. She can do that. But just know we're going to get tired of it. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. have the same opinion of getting tired about the twerk music and shaking ass. But when it comes from Meg, like it's. It's one trick pony to me. Yeah, um, because I, I want to hear about about her life, like about what she's been through, what's what's going on, what's going on with, you know, in her life and how she's doing and how she came up and like where she's from and her different trials and tribulations. Like I want her to get deeper into that bag. Like we know you can rap about twerking. We know you can get these niggas to eat it from the bag. Like, we know you got that ass. Like, we know you can put a nigga to sleep. Like, we, we get that. You know what I'm saying? But right. I want to I hear something different because she's capable of that because we've heard it before um, just in her freestyles. You know what I'm saying? So, like, get, give us that. Like, get deeper into that bag uh, because the twerking shit is just, I mean, you can only rap about you it's only so much twerking you can do (laughs) right aren't you tired like that's what i want to ask meg like aren't you tired of twerking it's only so much twerking you can do and i saw that she had supposedly she had this feud with kodak black and she said he was washed and this that and the third and i was like in my head i I didn't want to tweet it but i was thinking like well maybe you might be Get, be a little washed too, Meg. Like you, you, you in the spin cycle right now. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's done yet. You could pull yourself out of it, but um, right now it's it's looking kind of. Uh, I I agree because to be honest, I'm hearing a lot more super gremlin freestyles than I am Meg's piano. So <laughs> like if we if we want to play that game, yeah, Meg, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm betting on Meg when it comes to that. Yeah, that that's my point exactly. Yeah, but let's transition to some music that we actually like before we go. So Corday has a new album. I love Corday, formerly known as YBN Corday. He has a new album titled From a Bird's Eye View. And I wanted to get your opinion about this project. He's one of the, you know, the younger artists, one of the new school artists that I've been championing for the like 
the last few years. And I feel like he's finally coming into his own and really mm-hmm. like getting a sound for himself. What's your opinion about Corday and this album that he's dropped? So um, me and Corday are the same age. So I can relate to him. <laughs> I can relate to Corday a lot. Um, I, I just recently watched his Breakfast Club interview um, and just listened to him talk. Very intelligent young dude. Uh, been through a lot in his 24 years. Um, and I can relate to that as well. Like I just turned 25 like a week ago. So I can relate to that as well. He's seen people lose their lives, um, you know, homeboys in jail, you know, just, just a lot of, just a lot of shit that a lot of young black men go through. And so for him to put that in his music, um, and this was my first album, this was my first time, like actually listening to a, a Corday project. Like I know he was in YBN, um, but I didn't listen to like any of them. And so when he, when he dropped this project, I was like, okay, let me, let me hop on that. I looked at the track list, uh, and I saw the features that he had. He had some of my some of my favorite artists on there. Freddie Gibbs. Um, he had some Wayne features on. He had a Wayne feature on there. The Gunna, him and him with the song with him and Gunna is crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. The song with uh, her and Lil Durk is crazy. So uh, I actually listened to this project like three times yesterday. Yesterday was my first time listening to it. Uh, just back to back to back. When I was in the gym yesterday, I had it on repeat. And I was just analyzing what he said. I was in the gym by myself, had the music blasting, um, and was just, you know, taking it all in. And it's a phenomenal project, I feel like. Uh, maybe production could have – the production is, is good, but I feel like it could have been a little bit better. Um, but as far as, like, lyric-wise, like, Corday is definitely a lyricist, and uh, he, he gained a new fan for sure from me. Nice. I'm glad he was able to gain a new fan out of you because he is certainly one to watch when it comes to like someone evolving into a great rapper. Like I think 10 years from now, we're really going to be like, yep, we, we knew it. We, we saw it in you. And so I, I see the vision for him. He's a great lyricist. I agree with you when it comes to production though. I, I enjoyed the project. Maybe not more than his last one, The Lost Boy, which I think mm-hmm. you should go back and listen to now since you liked this project. But okay. um, for production, I wanted more standout moments or more memorable moment moments. But I will say, like, when it comes to him rapping and actually, like, having bars, like, he's got that part down. And so he, he is definitely going to see a great future when it comes to his bars. And he seems like a good guy. He's got a good, cute little girlfriend. Like, he seems, he seems like he's on the right track. Track as a person yeah yeah he, he definitely seemed like he's on the right track um and just like i said just listening to him talk you can still see that he has some he has some kid in him too like he's not trying to move too fast with this adult shit like you know what i'm saying he said his mom i was watching uh his breakfast club interview he said yeah my mom when i come to the crib my mom still makes me do chores and shit like and it's like okay <laughs> you, you, still, you still got that discipline you know what i'm saying like you you don't think that you that you just that that nigga like you know you that nigga but you don't you got some humbleness toward, toward you got some humbleness to you and that that's what's good that's what I think exactly I like that authenticity that genuine yeah. humbleness like you said and so I totally agree and I'm glad you see it in him because sometimes I felt like am I the only one listening to Corday and so uh yeah I'm glad that there's another fan out there <laughs> listening to Corday too <laughs> now i wanted to pick your brain on like other things that you're also a fan of like 
I'm a podcaster, you're a podcaster. So I would assume that, you know, we both enjoy podcasts. Now, me personally, I listen to 85 South Show, sometimes Joe mm-hmm. Budden podcast, Don't Call mm-hmm. Me White Girl. And then, of course, you know, Rory and Maul. So I wanted mm-hmm. to get your opinion on, do you listen? And two, how... How do you feel now that the dust has settled from the the JBP and and them coming into their own? Uh, I ain't gonna lie to you. I haven't even tapped into the JBP ever since uh they broke up. Wow. Yeah, wow. and um, cause I was watching it, but I was watching it um when they were in the process of like breaking up, <laughs> and I hate to say uh-huh. like breaking up, like it's a like it's a relationship but it kind of is but <laughs> yeah, uh is. yeah so it was just like okay when he when uh rory and Maul weren't on the podcast and he had i don't even know their names so i'll just say the other guys he had the other guys <laughs> on the podcast i was just like what is this so i tried to i watched <laughs> like like maybe like two to three episodes and i don't think i in the first two i don't think i got to the end because i was just bored at what he was with what he was talking about and so i was just like okay well let's just move on uh and then when when they when Roy and Maul dropped their show i was like all right the first episode that they dropped didn't just wow me but i was like okay i'm gonna give them a second chance because like they really they made the podcast when joe when joe wasn't trying to take over <laughs> so i was just like uh yeah and then when they kept dropping episodes and i saw that they were doing a lot more then uh, just trying to just be oh we just talking we just doing this they were actually bringing guests and then they did the they did the show with um with the with the dude with the cop or whatever from Detroit who, who <laughs> made a meme out of I'm like okay I could rock with him and then I've also I also took a listen to uh private talk with Alexis Texas they were on uh Royal Mall were on her show. And I was like, okay, like y'all, y'all got something. Y'all expanding, you know what I'm saying? And they both, they both have their own endeavors that they do. But when they come together as a group and as a and uh, create this podcast, I feel like it's something really good. So, like, that's one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite podcasts right now. That's really good to hear that they were able to, you know, transition from one venture and really like make a lane for themselves and and make a branding for, for their own selves. And so I'm going to say, I kind of did the same thing with Warrior Mall, which you did with Ish and Ice, which is the other guys from the the okay, okay. (laughs) And so I listened to the first three episodes of Warrior Mall and I wasn't blown away. I I didn't make it all the way to the end of those episodes either. And I had to kind of take a break. I had to allow them to find their groove, get in their little, their method of things, get them to not talk over each other so much and get you know just situated in having their own space and now that that has happened oh my gosh their their podcast is on a whole nother level like you said they're doing more than just talking to us I really wish I I had the energy as them to go out and really be in the field and in the streets because like you said they're with the survival tactic guy you know learning tactics like (laughs) so they can bring back to the pod they're they're being guests on other shows like you said like alexis texas private talks and they're doing skits like scripted skits that are actually funny and so it's really nice
nice to see what other talent that they can bring to the table that they may not have had an opportunity to with the JBP. Yeah, most definitely. And um, I feel like Joe tried to dominate the podcast so much, especially with it being called the Joe Budden podcast. And you have two other dudes on the podcast who essentially make the show. Uh, And you couldn't even like put their names in it or give them some type of credit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So that that was already a red flag for me. But I'm like, okay, I I like it. And it seemed like they it seemed like they enjoy it. So, you know, whatever. But when it started getting down, when it started really coming down to the nitty gritty and you were actually it was exposed about how Joe was actually treating those guys. And it was just like, damn, you really kind of a whole ass nigga. But (laughs) yeah, shit really hit the fan when it came to Joe. I will say that I still tune in um, not as often as I used to, but I will say that I did have to take a break from him. I, you know, had to put him in timeout just because there was a lot of things that happened after that too, that I didn't agree with when it came to Joe Budden, but I will say that he's healing. He, he has acknowledged his wrongs and I'm not in the business of throwing black people away and so i definitely like to check back in to see okay did you learn your lesson have you have you improved have you have you done something new to show me that you are not the same person that you used to be and joe slowly shows that and and so i still give him a chance here and there but not keeping you hostage too much longer i want to talk about one last thing okay i want to talk about the idea of having a black futures month And so it's been proposed that it should no longer be Black History Month. It should be Black Future Month. And we Mm -hmm. shouldn't so much dwell on the type of of history of oppression and slavery and just having Black people in a specific light, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get your opinion on, should we focus more so on like the futures and like the, the positive or there still should be some history taught just because we have to know where we came from. Um, well, I want to start off by saying that I am a bit, a, a huge advocate for black history. Um, I actually want to get my PhD in African American studies and be a professor at some point in my life. Uh, wow. So this topic is great to have you speak on. I'm so excited. So yes, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Um, so like I said, I feel like history is very important and we need to be taught our history, especially since they're not teaching critical race theory in schools anymore. Um, they're going to, and when they do teach things about slavery, uh, most of the time it's a white person, a white person or someone who is not a black person, essentially telling you, I'll sum it up. Oh, slavery, yes, slavery did happen. Uh, yes, it was bad, but it's in the past. Let's move, let's move along essentially. And it's like, no, that's not what the fuck we doing. We finna tell, we going to tell these kids or whoever, whoever it is, we going to tell them what happened what went on, why it went on, and we're gonna make and we're gonna let them see that this is how we're gonna move forward and this is what these people did to us and this is why we're in the situation that we are in. Yes we can yes we can move forward, yes we can rise above, but it's ten times harder because of the predicament that we've been placed in. And so as far as Black History Month being I guess you could say like eradicated or not eradicated but like okay we gonna 
we're going to push this to be something better instead of Black History Month is Black Futures Month. I rock with the idea um, because, yes, we need to shed light on things that are going to going to be better and pushing us forward. But we also need to know why we're here in the first place, if you understand what I'm saying. I completely understand what you're saying. So in other words, there's there's a place for history because one, we have to come to terms with the harsh reality with what Black people had to go through and why life is so hard for Black people today still so many years later. And a lot of people still to this day aren't knowledgeable in that and know the reasons why we are set back in so many institutionals um, or just like in the world period. And so, yes, I agree with that, but let's play devil's advocate. Let me give you another side of that coin. What do you say to the people who say learning that history and learning about that slavery, oppression, and that harsh reality is keeping the image of black people in a specific light for white people or people outside of being black. And so if you are a non-black person and you're learning about black history and the oppression and the slavery that's attached to it and the whippings and the killings and the rapes and all of that, you are then looking at black people maybe with not necessarily as an ally, but just with this pull you pull yourself with the, pull yourself up by the bootstraps or having this weird sympathy that we are so torn down as people and, and they are on this pedestal. There's this weird optics where when they learn about our history, they, they treat us different because of it. And it's not in a positive way that we're seeking. What do you say to that? Um, honestly, I just feel like shit without us, there's no them, you know what I'm saying? Without without black people, there is no is no history. Because if we're being quite frank, white people don't really have history. Uh, their history is robbing, killing, stealing from everybody else to get what they wanted. Whether it's a black person, whether it's a Native American, whether it's Latino people, what or what have you, like that that's their history. And I mean every. Every other culture, every other race, every other ethnic group has history. Uh, but white people, like white Americans, that they, there there is no is no history. Um, so I could I couldn't care less about how somebody else feels about me or treats me because I've already we already been treated bad. You know what I'm saying? Like I've worked I've worked in a predominantly white uh, institution um or business where i i say hello to somebody and they just look at me like i'm crazy so i've experienced that shit so it, it it's kind of just like shit water off my shoulder essentially um right. but i feel like for people who don't really understand that especially like for the younger generation um they might not know how to deal with that shit especially not being taught uh, certain things in in school or it's being taken away from their curriculum. So they just like, well, we, we just out here, you know what I'm saying? We don't really, we don't really know. Uh, right. But yeah. And I completely agree because when like, I agree with the idea 
uh, like you said, with Black Future Month, with the positivity of learning, like, what are we doing now to change what happened then? So I mm-hmm. love that aspect. But you have to be really careful when you're marketing, saying that you don't want to learn about specific things, because it's a harsh reality that you have to learn. Like, we're not going to move forward unless you don't repeat the history. And if you don't repeat, like, not repeating the history takes learning about the history. And so we have to be also careful, too, because when you say you don't want to learn about the history those evil white people are probably like yes that's exactly what we want you to erase or redact the critical race theory that we have in these schools and i know that's not what some black people mean when they say it but that's how it's going to be taken they're going to be like well that's what you said you didn't want to learn about black history anymore so there you go we took it out and they're going to use that as an excuse to get their agenda across and so i like the idea too but we have to be careful on what we mean with that idea we should focus on the futures and the nows in addition to the history and not just the history mm-hmm. because uh, without without the history what do you have you just have what you see right now and what you see right now can be covered up by so many things and if you're telling somebody well back in the day or back in the 1960s this happened and this happened and this happened and they're like well prove it because all you all you really have is books essentially books and maybe some videos but what how many young people are actually going to sit and and watch that or listen to somebody talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's a, that's a really great point. And so I'm interested in seeing how this, this black history month pans out as for what we're marketing and what we're prioritizing as content to consume that we find important during this month but not to keep you hostage much longer. Those are all the topics that I had to discuss with you today. Did you have any last minute words or last minute plugins you would like to add? Um, everybody just get at me on social media. Um, my social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, all talk to me, Tyler T. Uh, so y'all make sure y'all follow me there. Um, and if you're looking for personal training services, I do offer virtual and online training services. So if you are in need of that, um, you can hit me up, get on my website. It is uh, talktomentality.com. You can fill out the fill out the questionnaire and we can get started with working. Uh, but other than that, no. Um, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No, of course. I'm glad you're able to meet up with me today. I appreciate you taking your time out of this Sunday to chat with me about bullshit. (laughs) I appreciate you just being able to bear with me. And again, congratulations on being able to quit your job and do your personal training full time. Happy belated birthday and congratulations on your master's of science from UNT. These are great accomplishments that you have, have reached as a young black man. And I'm just so proud watching you on my timeline. So this is a great, great moment to have you on my show. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. No problem. And again, you can stream Tea with Tammy on all streaming platforms. That is SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast at. And until next time, sip some tea.